Good afternoon, everybody. This is Hayden L. Loudenback coming at you again with another live podcast on the Wisdom app. I have been posting as much as I'd like to. Hopefully that will change in the future. But for right now, let's go ahead and just get into it. How do you manifest wealth from social media? If this is something you're interested in, it's likely you've noticed that this is a very popular way of making money online right now. People are creating presences on social media and they're profiting from it. But the question remains, how are they able to make money from social media? How do these people actually generate an income from their audience? And how much are they actually making? The answers might surprise you. I'll be honest, when I first figured this out, probably it was back in 2016, 2017, I started to realize the revolution that was going on. It started on YouTube uh, primarily, and then it moved to streaming platforms like Twitch. Um, And before long, we began to realize that there was this whole internet economy that was being based off of attention. Wherever the attention goes, money flows. You guys ever heard that before? Wherever the attention goes, money flows. So as we, as you know, start, as I started to grow up, um, 2018 came around, 2019 came around, COVID hit. I, I, it was just like a huge realization for me. As soon as COVID hit, the first thing I said to myself was, holy crap, this changes everything. You know, you can ask anyone. I said, this changes everything. And they're like, what are you talking about, Hayden? I said, this is going to change the way we consume media. This is going to change the way we look at media, change the way we look at buying products. This is going to change the way we view uh, events, public events. Like I knew in 2019 that as soon as COVID hit, as soon as that SARS virus started scoring up there in the charts, that it was going to change everything. And it did. And what ended up happening is that companies before already realized the value in social media platforms. But once everyone got really secluded and sucked in, big brands started to funnel and just scoop and shovel money into the social media machine, paying content creators to bring attention to their brands. And not only that, but because... Uh, these platforms realize that the content creators are, are what's bringing the big brands in. The content creators are who's bringing the money in. These platforms decided, well, hey, we need to pay our content creators more. So what ended up happening is you got all these platforms wanting to bring in bigger brands to bring in more money for advertising. And the only way they can do it is if they – if they give a big enough incentive for their content creators to pump out better content. So that's how this whole new economy is working. That's how people are manifesting wealth from social media. And it's not a hard thing to do. If you're someone who, uh, you know, you're afraid to try new things, this is definitely the thing to try because you could fail a hundred times and every time you start again, it'll feel like a brand new experience. You'll be so riveted and full of energy. You'll be just ready to rock and roll. Get yourself an Instagram account, get yourself Facebook pages, uh, give yourself a YouTube and just start doing stuff. Just start making content and pumping it out because at the end of the day, you know, as crazy as it might sound, there's an audience for absolutely everything. There is an audience for everything, no matter what it is, no matter if, it, if it's a cult religion that worships a spaghetti monster in the sky. 
there's an audience for everything. So if you're worried people won't want to listen to you, if you're worried uh, you might not be able to make content that people want to watch, who cares? Just make it. And over time, you will evolve and the platform will evolve and you'll automatically start to bring in – you'll start to bring in some more people. You'll start to have some more gravity move towards you and your channel. But maybe you're somebody who already has that. Maybe you're somebody who has a social media platform. You Maybe you have a podcast, a YouTube, a Twitch. You have a following. You know, you have hundreds of views, maybe even thousands of views. Maybe you have hundreds to thousands to hundreds of thousands of followers. But you have no idea what you're going to be able to do to turn that into an income. Thank God there's people like me out there. I've spent the past five years figuring out the answer to this question. And I've wrapped it all up in a nice little package. And there's a link to it for free in my profile description right now. If you go check that link out, you'll be able to get access to all the coveted information that you will need to actually turn that audience into an online income, a residual online income. I'm going to change the um, title here in uh, MythLive from Manifesting Wealth from Social Media to Manifesting More Wealth. We're going to change the tags a, bit, a little bit here. Let's do Life Coach and Personal Finance. Save that one. Manifesting More Wealth. So let's say you're not interested in social media. Okay, you have friends on there, you know, you've got some family, maybe you got a couple followers on social media, but you're not really looking to manifest wealth from social media, but you want more money. You just don't know how to go about getting it. Well, listen, it's really not hard. The law of manifestation, the law of attraction, I fully believe does exist in this world. And I say this time and time again in all the content that I produce, that your mind state, your mental state actually produces your reality. It's not the other way around. So if you're someone who wants more money, stop focusing on wanting the money and focus more on the feeling of already having the money. There's a, there's a saying that goes around. Uh, a lot of people agree with it. Quite a few people also disagree with it. Fake it till you make it. Some people really hate hearing that. They ate here and fake it till you make it. But the reality of the situation is uh, it's like it's like a situation where you can't miss something if you don't have it. But if you if you've never had it and still want it, you know, there's still that urge there. There's still that urge. And I think within that 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 lustful urge of want, we end up losing a lot of the manifesting power that we have. So if we switch our mind state from a state of wanting a state of needing, and it's more towards a state of gratitude and a state of already having, already feeling like you're wealthy, I think things will change a bit for you uh, just ultimately right then and there. But the, the law of manifestation, uh, although it does exist, is not above any other law. And the law of conservation of energy says that something can't come from nothing. So if you want to build wealth for yourself, if you want to manifest more wealth for yourself, you can't expect that just to fall on your doorstep. 
You can't be sitting there praying, meditating, manifesting more wealth and expect a giant bag of money to fucking fall on your front door or an envelope, a, a check in the in the mail for you. You know, that's not going to happen. So what you need to focus on is focus less on that end goal of becoming wealthy and focus more on creating the path to get to becoming wealthy. Okay, you have to understand, in order for cars to get from point A to point B, someone had to build the roads, right? Think about that for a second. How are you going to bring something into your life if you haven't created a path for it to go on? Think about that for a second. So if you really want to manifest more wealth in your life, no matter what it is you're trying to do, no matter how you define wealth, focus on the journey not the destination focus on creating that path not what's at the end of it a lot of people they get mixed up in that end goal and the journey ends up becoming too much for them at the end of the day and they start to think "Ah, i'm never going to get to that end goal i'm always on this journey you know yada 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 talking themselves down well here bro listen the the bottom line is it's always going to be a journey You're never not going to be on the journey. There is never a finish line till the day your body is put in the ground. There will never be a finish line until the day your body is put in the ground. So stop focusing on that. Stop focusing on the end goal and focus on the path to get there. Focus on putting boots on the ground. Focus on putting that one foot in front of the other. Because at the end of the day, you're still walking in that direction. You'll get there eventually. Hell, you might even pass and wave on your way by. But by spending all your time only focusing on the goal, it's like spending all your time on trying to be perfect. You'll never gonna, you're never going to be perfect. Perfection literally does not exist. However, the pursuit to perfection does exist. And along that pursuit to perfection, you become a more well-rounded a better, stronger person. So think about that. The reward really isn't at the finish line. The finish line is not till you die anyway. So stop focusing on that. The reward you're looking for is going to be along the journey. So if you want to manifest more wealth, manifest more journeys, manifest more opportunities. Don't expect a bag of money to drop on your front door. It's not going to happen. Go out there and start putting boots on the ground. People aren't going to like to hear this, and that's okay. Not everyone is comfortable with the idea of self-determination and self-motivation. A lot of people have to have external pressures in order to reach goals. But at the end of the day, it's what's on on the inside that's going to ultimately define how you live life on the outside. And people are going to recognize that in you as well. I know me as the person I am within five minutes or less of talking to a brand new individual. I know what drives them. And there's usually one or two, one of two things that drive people in life. Well, I'll say three. And the prevailing one more often than not is literally death. And it's so sad. You ask people, you know, and you can make a joke out of it, too, to make it lighthearted. You know, just say something like, oh, I bet you're just waiting to die, huh, buddy? And they will literally agree with you 90% of the time. They only exist 
because they know they're going to die. And they actually do nothing but wait for that moment that they die. Then there's another kind of person that you have in life who lives life uh, for someone else, for an external pressure. And a lot of the times it's very admirable. Parents, for example, a lot of people live their lives in the pursuit of their kids' success. Very, very admirable. But if you're someone who has goals and you're someone who really wants to make a difference and have some sort of impact in your life, then you need to become that third person. That third person wakes up in the morning and is driven by nothing more than the journey, than the pursuit. It's the experience. It's the ability to gain knowledge for that third person. That third person exists not because they have to. Not because they're doing it for someone else, but that third person exists because they can. They exist because they know they can. They know they're there. They are conscious. They are aware. They are insightful. They have foresight. They are insightful. It's more than about what's happening right now for this third person because that third person understands the journey so well, they can nearly predict their own future. That's why they're not spending all their time cooped up, worried, and anxious about the goal that they're fighting for. They're spending all their time being on the path, on the pursuit. And that's what's so interesting about a lot of these entrepreneurs, especially the very, very rich ones who are already successful. You talk to them about their success, and although, yes, they spent a long, long time trying to get where they're at, it went by like that. It it was extremely fast because they spent literally every single day, every waking hour that God gave them on their path, on their journey. And they never looked back. They only looked straight ahead. And they weren't trying to peek over to see the goal. They weren't trying to look at the top of the mountain and find a shortcut. All they were worried about is putting that foot in front of the one behind them. Every single step of the way. And that's what manifesting more wealth in your life is about. Because this is what's going to happen. Once you start focusing on your journey, once you start focusing on your path, you automatically start to realize that you were more wealthy than you thought. Because you're starting to become more grateful for what you already have. You're starting to have a new, deep, deeper founded respect and understanding and appreciation for your day-to-day life. And no longer are you constantly wishing for something else because you're in it right now. Right now is what matters. You'll get to, you'll get to that goal eventually. You'll get, you'll get to that end goal someday as we all do. It's inevitable. But right now all that matters is taking that foot and putting it right in front of the one behind it. Very, very important that you do this. Don't get caught up on it. Don't get caught up on obstacles either. Obstacles are nothing more than opportunities for you to become stronger than the person you were before. Now, I am, I'm a very spiritual guy. I wouldn't say I'm religious. I'd say I'm more spiritual. I've spent uh, almost a decade now independently researching cultural anthropology. So I have a deep, profound respect for different religions all over the country, spanning all, through, or all over the, the world, spanning throughout all of recorded time. I will say that God gives opportunities. He will give you opportunities, but they will not be in the form that you think they're in. This is a parable that a lot of people mention, especially in the Christian religion. You can ask for strength. You can ask God for strength. And he gives you opportunities to be strong. You can can ask God for help out of a situation. 
and he'll give you opportunities to get yourself out of that situation. But he'll never do it for you. Never. And a lot of the times, this is something that I've actually never heard that just came to my mind just now. Obstacles are actually hidden blessings. Think about that for a second. Obstacles are actually hidden blessings because they give you an opportunity to prove to yourself and everyone around you that you're capable of doing more than you thought you were. It proves to everyone and yourself that you have the dedication necessary to break through that wall every single time. It gives you more confidence every time you come across an obstacle. Every time you come across an obstacle and have the determination to defeat it, that will give you more confidence for the next obstacle, and so on and so forth. Life is a constant pursuit. That's all it is. Like I mentioned earlier, you're never going to actually reach the end goal because there isn't one. There isn't one. So don't spend all your time wishing and hoping that you can already be there, thinking that you're going to be the happiest person in the world once you get to that point, because it's not going to happen. If you can't be happy where you are right now, genuinely, genuinely, what makes you think you're going to be happy when you reach that point? Because when you reach that point, only one thing is going to happen. One thing's going to happen. You're going to reach that point and realize there's another point to get to. It sucks to hear. It's terrible. I know we all wish that, you know, we could have a one and done. You know, we don't have to worry about anything else after we just do this one thing. But it's not true. It's not true. Life is a continuous cycle of trial and error, of falling down and picking yourself back up. The strongest, wealthiest people in the world still have problems. They still have obstacles to overcome. They might have greater obstacles to overcome than we can actually understand from our position right now. I'm not a billionaire. I don't think any of you guys are billionaires. And of course, we could sit here and we could talk all day about how, you know, it's kind of wrong that Jeff Bezos can literally order an entire country to move a bridge just so he can get his yacht through. We can argue that. And then there are people who argue that, okay, but that's just the the uh, the benefits of living in a free market and a free economy. He worked for all that stuff. And at the end of the day, no one really knows what that guy goes through. No one really knows what that billionaire goes through on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, he gets to worry about his problems in a giant mega yacht, but that doesn't mean he still doesn't have problems. All right? So if you want to manifest more wealth in your life, don't focus on the end goal. Focus on your pursuit right now. Because there is no end goal. There isn't one, man. It's not there. It's not possible. And if you believe in reincarnation, death isn't even the end goal. (laughs) Death isn't even the end goal. This is just a part of a larger process if you're someone who believes in reincarnation. So if you want to manifest more wealth in your life today, at this very moment, start focusing on your journey. Focusing on the path to get where you want to be. I know a lot of people, especially where I live right now, where I grew up, people get stuck in this mindset of making excuses why things can't happen and then being mad at everything and anything they can because these things didn't happen for them. But then you ask them like, hey, man, what did you do to try to make this happen? And they have nothing to say. Don't be one of those people. Don't be one of those people who waste all your time, energy, effort and emotions 
trying to make something out of nothing. The law of conservation of energy very plainly states that something can't come from nothing. All right. Equivalent exchange has to happen. And if the law of manifestation exists, you know, like I mentioned previously, it has to abide by the law of conservation of energy, the law of conservation of mass. You have to understand that something cannot come from nothing. So if you want to manifest more wealth, if you want to manifest that end goal, you got to start working on manifesting the path to get there. If you're not, if you're not working on manifesting opportunities, then nothing is going to happen to you. And if you're not taking those opportunities, then why are you complaining in the first place? If you truly want to manifest more wealth, manifest opportunity, manifest the paths. I mentioned this before. A car can't get from A to B unless someone built the road for them to do it in the first place. So if you want to get to your goal, focus on building the path. So, so important. I feel like I'm talking in circles right now, but it's so important that you do that. Because uh, it's a very vicious cycle of wanting to do something, but never actually making the moves to get it so, to get it done. And here's something that was recently found in studies. You guys are going to be uh, pretty interested to hear this. And this sucks. And you guys are going to notice right away that it happens. But sometimes we'll get the same amount of dopamine in our brain from talking about doing something that we'll get from doing the thing. So a lot of the times we get it, our brain gets enough satisfaction from just talking about doing something that we never actually do it. It sounds so good in the moment. Yeah, we're going to do this and that. We're going to start this new business. We're going to make these videos. It's going to be so cool, yada, yada, yada. You get that spike of dopamine, and as soon as the conversation's over, well, the idea's gone. You guys haven't actually implemented anything. You got the dopamine you wanted. You know, so why does it matter? Why do you actually need to do the thing? It's a very vicious cycle you can get yourself locked in, talking about doing things, talking about opportunities, but then never making the action necessary, never actually putting the boots on the ground. I've had a guest waiting to talk to me for quite a bit now, uh, so I'm going to let them on real quick. Let's see. We have a Richard Mark Nichols. Let's see. Nichols. Afternoon, Richard. Are you there? I'm fine, thank you. And how are you? I am doing wonderful, man. Thanks for coming on. I, I just thought, well, I'd wait it out, and I knew that eventually you'd see that you've got a guest. That's what normally is going to happen. Yeah, you know, some yeah. Sometimes I get rambling on, you know, and I just want to get those points out. I, I love your thing about um, we have like I do podcasting. And I've got so many ideas, okay. but I never can actually get to them because something else will come up instead. So I know that feeling of you've got that great idea. Sometimes a, an idea will come to you at night when you're supposed to be asleep. You think, you know, I'm supposed to be asleep. Tomorrow's work. And you're thinking about this then, and then it's because you don't get to it, then the, the interest falls away and it never happens. So I understand. Yeah, yeah, what happens. There. Yeah, it's terrible when that happens. Have you been able to find any way to maybe overcome that? Uh, well, I have a friend. Actually, he's one of the bosses at at, at the office, and we used to go. Uh, he used to take me shopping years ago, um, and I used to go with him. And then I used to do my shopping. He used to do his shopping for his family and that kind of thing. 
And he used to always say to me when we used to get to pick a bay, he used to say, are you feeling resolute? In other words, you know, are you going to be able to do this? Because we'd go in the late afternoon, say six o'clock, you'd arrive at, at the shops in the evening now and you're going to do shopping. In other words, have you got the, the, you know, what it takes to go and do shopping instead of being at home and relaxing in front of the TV or whatever else, which would be better than doing shopping. But yeah, I can understand what he was saying was, are you ready for this? Do you really want it? You know, so maybe that's what one needs to do, not for shopping necessarily, but for other things. Like I've got two podcasts that I do, which involve writing stories. And I've started now taking the older ones, putting them, making basically a slideshow and then putting the audio, the old audio of the actual podcast that goes out on Spotify onto underneath that thing and creating like a slideshow with the podcast running in the background. So I've now also purchased a camera and I've started filming my podcasts, me reading the podcast, and then combining it with a slideshow of pictures of animals and all sorts of things, depending on what the subject matter of the podcast is. But, uh, of course, there's one technical trick. It's taking the audio, removing the audio of the camera and putting the audio from the DAW in its place, and that has been a challenge. But I'm getting there. It does work, actually, believe it or not. Yeah, there's um, – so I do this stuff all the time. One of my – I'm a, I actually own a small business doing content creation, digital marketing, and e-commerce consulting for people just like you. So I'm very familiar with this whole process, and you can actually just go online um, and search up something called an audio extractor, uh, and it'll pop, okay. up, it'll pop up free websites. You might have to do a little bit of searching, but really you just drop your file into this website. It'll extract the audio for you, and you can just download it like that. Okay, that's cool. But I have found a method in my madness because okay. I consider myself mad. Um, <laughs> I, what I do is I go and I start Studio One and I start the camera and I record. But before I start reading, I clap my hands in front of the camera. And then I take, I found the software, it's called CyberLink uh, yeah. Power Director. And I've paid for a year subscription for that. And I just take the two into there and I'm able to line them up and it works. So I have got, got my way around it. So I suppose where this so is. I got a yeah. question. I was, I was going to ask you. So what is your reasoning behind creating this content? Okay. <clears throat> It goes back to about 20, 2017, okay, and probably even beyond that, when I couldn't say the word radio for love or money, okay, talking about when I really, was really small. Okay. I had an absolute, I still do have a love for sound and things that can make a noise. <laughs> and um, so I got involved in a community radio station, and that's where the stories and the, the content comes from. 
and some of it actually goes back to the radio. And I used to write stuff every week. Um, and it started off with poems on the couch, which was writing sort of short little stories and poems and stuff. And then from there, I then got into writing African, Afri what was called African Story. And that's still going. It's now into, started a whole new series of that. And overall, I've done over 90 episodes. Wow. So, and that goes out on Spotify and Amazon and many other audio apps of which I cannot remember the name of. Yeah, I so what inspires you when you write this kind of content? A lot of it is imagination. So it's it's coming up with an, I like will open the, com switch the computer on and bring up MS Word and I'll think of a title. And then from the title, I'll then generate the, the story. Uh, one of the stories that I wrote a while ago was about a group of youngsters who form a band. And so they form this band and stuff, and then they go to the park, and then things go wrong. They get robbed at the park, and they end up being tied up to a tree. And the friend John, who was part of the band, ends up dying. Uh, simply because when the guy stole the car that they arrived at the park with, they took his medication for him as a diabetic. So he eventually dies. And so it's a whole, and I actually sort of serialized that one for a bit. I did actually, uh, at one, one of those stories, I actually then wrote a follow-up story to it. So... It's sort of that kind of concepts that I do. And as I say, Af African really story goes on forever. It's like days of our lives. It just keeps on going. <laughs> it can be hard because you've got to come up with yeah. with ideas. And and sometimes I'll... Well, that was going to be my next question. So, if you, so let's say we might have someone listening right now yeah. who maybe they're interested in getting started writing, but they don't know where to start. What sort of tips would you have for... Okay. First of all, don't be scared of your ability to write, okay? Um, let it happen naturally. I didn't know that I had this skill. I started out listening to Mufta's show on KZN Capital, uh, which was an Afrikaans program, okay? And I started phoning in and taking part in the jukebox, which she used to do. And then I started reading stuff over the phone. And then the one day I recorded, the I recorded something and she said, would you do that every week? And that resulted in the item called Poems on the Couch. And then later on, they developed a music show and the main presenter of On the Beat said to me, I'm trying to take poems on the couch away from Machter, and she won't give it to me, can you write something like an African story? And that's where we started. And to be honest with you, I mean, I don't know anything about grammar and 
you know, sort of like um, uh, how, you know the that real technical structure stuff that they that you I don't. So I actually have a software Grammarly that helps me to make sure that things are gram, grammatically correct. But as I say, don't be scared. Get that pen, piece of paper, and just start writing. And if you are useless, useless at spelling or like I'm, my spelling is atrocious, then what I do is I have the microphone. Oh, did that happen again? Let me see if it'll let him hop back on here. Yeah, the Wisdom app really needs to come up with a way to add more time for guests. Sorry about that, buddy. You got you got uh, kicked off there by the Wisdom app. You want to you want to no, start back off? Yeah. What what actually is the the key to this is that I my spelling is atrocious. So the very microphone that I'm talking to you in to now, which is an SM58. Okay, I always have with me. Okay. What I found is if you have a word that you can't spell, I just switch on the dictaphone thing on within Word, and I just say the word. And if that won't give me the spelling, then I go to Google, and I say the word in Google, and I get the spelling. So if you're scared about not being able to spell things or grammar or whatever there are ways and means with today's technology of being able to help you. Um, Grammarly is not perfect, but it does give you a guideline to where you should put commas and punctuation and things like that. So don't be scared. Believe. I love that so much. I'm going to quote you on the future. Believe in your idea and go for it. And if, yes, it's not so good, it's not so fantastic, fine. But if you watch the TV nowadays and you watch um, a TV drama, let's say like Grey's Anatomy, and you take the dialogue that's being said there in some of the scenes. I've been watching it on that Disney Plus One. And I think to myself, you know, gee, you used to be scared of writing Dialogue. If they can write dialogue like that, surely you can do the same. And if you're not scared of it, you can do anything. And I suppose that's the point. Right. Being scared of something, which happens to us all, I'm sure you've been scared of something. Um, what are yeah, you scared yeah. of? Oh, I'm scared all the time. I suffer from crippling social anxiety. It's something that I've been... Uh... I've had to come to terms with at a very young age. So I'm scared all the time. I just do it anyway. Well, that's exactly it. If you want to do something, do it. You'll always have the critics. I mean, they're always there. But you know what? I, I, I believe that uh, one must do what pleases one. And what pleases you will eventually please someone else. And, you'll always ha- and I've actually been surprised how many people, on wisdom particularly, have actually been very impressed with what I actually do. So from that point of view, you know, I, 
wisdom has helped me from being able to have more confidence in myself and believe in what I do. And I'm going to, if you don't mind, I can read you an extract if you like. Yeah, sure. Which book is it from? From African Story that I'm actually, I'll read you an an extract from from one of the latest episodes that I'm writing. All right, I'm all ears. All ears. If you've got both ears left and right, so you can get it in stereo. (laughs) Exactly. Okay. Uh, Can you excuse me for two seconds? I just need to go and get those things called glasses. I won't be be too long. Yes, sir. We'll be here. Very excited to have Mr. Mr. Richard here today. Thank you all for joining us. He's going to get his glasses here. He'll be back momentarily to read us an excerpt from his uh, from one of his books that he's writing, uh, African Stories. He's back again. <laughs> all right, here we are. Uh, here we go. Here we are. Okay, I'm going to actually hold this boy key. There we go. Okay. James helps Dean by taking him back to the easy stay near the Midlands Moor. Books Dean in for seven days in the hotel and pays for his car to be in the undercover parking lot. The porter takes him to his room, 711A. James leaves and goes on to the office at Cascades Park. Linda is the only one floor, is only one floor above Dean on the third floor in room 801B. She has ordered room service again. Roast chicken, vegetables for Maine, and pudding. Lemon rang pie for her lunch on, off the a la carte menu. As her child is still on the way, she ordered a fruit cocktail. Then she starts to think about where Dean is and what's happened to him. Then her thoughts start thinking about Bob and her son Peter, the family she loves so dearly, and how to get home as she has no transport due to the kidnapping by Dean. She needs to make home priority now and forget about the controlling little ass of a man. She plans to get full custody of her child and marry Bob again, and then hopefully he will adopt the child. Dean is now concerned about where Linda is and plans to marry the love of his life. If only she would see, he only wants the best for her. The thought is that if he can't have her, neither can Bob. She must die. The following day, Kenny is looking for any leads on the whereabouts of Leon. And secondly, the the truth surrounding the shooting of Leon. He is under under the impression that Dean was involved in the shooting and is protecting Fred from being killed in prison. But without any proof, his theory will not have any sway with Kane Roberts, who's a man for facts, not conjecture. These guys are crooks. They're actually uh, poachers. Just then the phone rings. Hello, can I help? There was silence. Then the call dropped. And again, Peter and Bob sit down for lunch alone with Linda and the conversation alone without Linda 
and the conversation turns to the usual question, where do you think mum is? It has been three weeks as of today, said Peter. I'm sorry, my boy, but the police have no leads yet. All we do know is your mum was taken by Dean, but where nobody can tell, replies Bob. At the park, Ben Coleman, together with Sarah Jones, a vet. We will go up into the northern part of the park where the attack occurred. All four lines are to be darted and given a health check. As reports show, all were injured in the attack with Sandile and her pack of hyena, tells Ben. An hour later, all four lines, Lerato, Sandiswe, Angel of Death and two, together with Kifor, they are found under a tree, taking in the warmth of the sun's rays. Keep well back, as I need room to move if they should charge, said Sarah. As she lighted the vehicle, at the same time, Ben stands to her left with some cover given by the truck and armed with a rifle capable of taking down a full-grown lion. Dean takes the lift, lift down to the lobby and walks onto the wooden pool deck. Hello, sir. Can I get you anything to drink and eat? Said the pool attendant. Yes, please. A nice tea. With what cakes do you have on special today, inquires Dean. There are two options, a carrot cake and a lemon ice topping or Swiss apple tart, replies the attendant with a grin on his face. So what will it be, sir? A voice is heard over the two-way radio. Room service is required for the resident in room 801B and she awaits her lunch order. The pool attendant replies, the room service is for Mrs. Winters, replies, please confirm, voiceover, the ear, voice over the earpiece, that's correct. Sorry about the interruption, sir, said the pool attendant to Mr. Lewis. I shall have the Swiss apple tart, please, confirms Dean. In the late afternoon, the sun moves over the park and Clip and Mr. Plus One are having a relaxing time near the river bank. Clip is a python and Mr. Plus One is a puff adder. Having a relaxing time near the river bank. Did you hear the... Once again, I believe the Wisdom app has cut Mr. Richards off, uh, which is which is unfortunate. It looks like he's trying to have, hop back on here. I'll let him get a few more seconds in before I'm going to have to cut this the uh, podcast off here soon. Ah, I'm back. <laughs> Are you back? Yep, back, back, yeah. back, back. In the late afternoon, okay, where were we? Not a person for gossip, replies Mr. Plus One. What's changed, old boy? You used to chat at great length about goings-on around here, said Clip. 
I prefer to keep out of others' personal lives and concentrate on making the best of what I have in my life, replies Mr. Plus One. Once again, Billy the Elephant and and Mom Silly Sally are splashing around in the river and breaking the silence between the two good friends. Harry remarks, well, once again, these lions are not playing the game. If they don't eat, we ain't getting any. I haven't told, I have told you before, sitting on your ass in the long grass is not proactive, said Bill. These are um, vultures. They're always upset that they don't get any food. On the hunt, Tandy and Skye and Lokorna following behind is Nandi. The chase is on as two of the lionesses, Lokorna and Nandi, break away right and left of Skye. Rosewater and her pack watch as a young male water buck drops to the ground under the power of Lokorna. She was followed by Nandi, bringing down a male impala. Tandi and Sky move in to help by defending both kills, as 16 hyena come in trying to get a share. Sky the lion turns on Rosewater. Stay away if you value your life, fellow Sky. Spot shouts, leave well alone. He will kill you. Things get worse as Kefor and Angel of Death make their way to the kill. Ben and Sarah notice the two male lions start moving off from under the tree. Both Lerato and Sundiswe, who are not in good health, stay behind. Change of plan. We will take the two remaining lionesses, said Ben. What do you think of that? That seems to be the kind of story where... It seems it seems like a tense situation. The mood is really set off very quickly. Right when you start off uh, uh, with the story, you get the mood. It's very tense. And it seems like um, a very riveting story, something that you could get sucked into pretty quickly. I, I definitely enjoy that. Now, there's approximately, well, 158 pages. And that episode that I read to you is... Episode 91, but it's season one, and it's episode five of Peter Maritzburg, The City, which is the new series. Can I ask you a question? Have you considered teaching your art? I haven't, no. I think you should. I think you're getting yourself in a position right now with what you're doing online that you might it might be really easy for you to get into the e-learning industry, which is a $4 billion plus industry. It's growing like crazy. Um, And I think a lot of people would be very interested to learn from you, to see how they might be able to bring their own ideas into life through story. What I was actually thinking of doing, but I never really got – got it off the ground because I think the school didn't, but one of my previous schools, I actually tried to contact them and I was going to offer the opportunity for a, for grade 11s, grade 12, somewhere around about there to actually write stories and then get them to be part of the production process uh, where I would produce it. They would write the story. They would sit in front of the microphone. They would read it. And they'd get to 
to have their story podcasted. So I did have ideas, but it didn't seem to. I must pursue that again and try and see if I can't get the schools interested. One of the um, reasons I asked you in the beginning, you know, what your inspiration and motivation was is because one of the topics I talk about often is that when we have these ideas that we have a hard time implementing, one of the things that helps tremendously is finding some sort of reason to doing it, some sort of fundamental purpose behind doing that. Uh, Like for me in a situation like that, it would be more more than just like trying to get your content out to the schools, but it'd be more about what kind of impact your content could yeah. have on the curriculum and on the children. Yeah, yeah, that's that that's well, actually, that's why I would. Um, my idea was I'd go to the school. So even if the teacher set them the ideas, uh, instructed them on what they need to write about. And then we would um, select, I suppose, maybe the best of the best, which then could be uh, set up as a podcast. So the kid would come here, record uh, stuff, and be involved in the whole process, realizing that um, he'd probably be giving up his whole, <laughs> virtually his whole Saturday or Sunday uh, spending the time with the experience of doing the whole thing right from start. That's the writing, um, the editing of the script, uh, the reading of the script, the editing of the raw audio, the putting of background music, effects, everything all together, packaging, and finally seeing it go up onto the system. So that would be my idea to allow the the pupil to see the whole process from start to finish. See, and what I'm saying, and this is the, this is the opportunity that's given to us now, uh, since we're in the frontier of the digital age, what we could do is instead of having, you know, you don't have to worry about going to that school because you can do all of that sitting in front of a camera at your own house. We could package it up on a website yes, I can. and we could sell it to people yeah. for a very cheap monthly subscription. That would be cool. That's what That'd the e-learning good. course is like. That's what the, the industry is really about. Now, I specialize in stuff yeah. like this. I could help you set it all up. But basically, we could target this stuff, target your, your course to people on social media as well. And it would be extremely easy. Okay. You know, it would be extremely easy to find your audience because there is an audience for this sort of thing for sure. So it would, it would actually uh, be teaching people how – to write stories, so that would be the the the, the principle behind it. We'll be teaching to yeah, write you, stories and the, the concept of creating a plot and um, how to arrange your plot and how to plan your ideas and this kind of thing. Exactly, and you'll also be leaving a legacy. You'll become an expert that voice sounds, in your niche. That, that, that well. sounds like a good idea. That sounds like a fantastic idea. Yeah, and just reach out to me. I'm all over the place on Instagram and Facebook. I'm very, very eager and willing to help you, you know, achieve this if that's something I've just, you want to do. I've just, I've just followed you now. So I'm following you yeah. now on Wisdom. Okay. Do you have a Facebook by chance? I do. It's um, – you can find me uh, – it's just Richard Mark 
Nichols, which is my Facebook page. Um, okay, then, let me write that down real quick. And Nichols is spelled N-I-C-H-O-L-L-S. And then there's also my podcasting page, which is through Facebook, which is Short Stories, Poems, Podcasts. Okay. Let me write that down. Yeah, I'm definitely interested in helping you pursue that because, like I said, that seems like a really good avenue for you. Um, and I think that's something, you know, that anyone should do if they're like the kind of expert that you are in their niche. Like you're obviously a well-rounded expert who has a lot of information and experience and um, contacts in this field. So yeah. You'd be perfect for something like this. Because what I, I mean, it's actually quite uh, sometimes I, I actually laugh and I think to myself, this came from just being a listener on ra- to a radio station. And of course, it went even further afield than that. I mean, I, I eventually was the producer for the show. I used to sit behind the control desk and push all the buttons. So I got to actually be the one that would uh, start the audio. Um, at half past 12, we used to play African Story, used to go out at half past 12 on a Saturday afternoon. Wow, man. See, that's powerful stuff. Yep. I used to be the one that used to push the button. If you go into your settings in Wisdom, outside of actually talk, what do you have? uh, Is it... um, what do you have as a device? Is it Apple or is it uh, uh, Samsung? Uh, I'm using an Android. Android, okay. So what you can do is you go into the settings under your profile and you'll see a setting there now which they never used to have where you can change the time of the of how long a guest. You can even block guests from coming on altogether if you don't want guests. Yeah. Really? So you go to settings under your profile. I'll have to uh, exit out of the podcast to do that. It won't let me get yeah. out of the... Yeah, um, and, then, and then you'll be able to uh, change that change that setting uh, to the number. They never used That's to what have I'll do. on the beginning when I... I've was... actually complained to them quite a few times about this issue because I think it's rather annoying. Um, you should at least be able to either change that setting or gift people more time depending on the situation. Yeah, you should be able to probably change it on the fly within reason, I think. But, yeah, uh, because, like, it's different for everybody. But I'm going to have to end this podcast here. Thank you so much for talking with me. It was very uh, inspirational and interesting to hear your story and to hear, hear your experiences. Um, definitely contact me on Facebook. I'll be reaching out to you otherwise, man. Um, I'm very interested to get you a whole course set up for sure. You're definitely the teacher kind of person. <laughs> thank you yeah, yeah it all yeah. start it's it's just it's amazing how it all fell into place i mean i never ever dreamt of podcasting i never i loved radio though but uh and then it was just a case of Brahm, who was the uh main presenter of when we, when the radio station packed up he kept on saying to me you need to find some other outlet 
And then I thought, okay, podcasting. So I went on to Google and I managed to find a hosting company and it's just sort of gone from there. So, Yeah, and that's what I tell people. A lot of the times when if you have something you want to do but you don't know how to do it, you've never done it before, just start doing it because all the pieces <laughs> just will come together. Yeah. yeah, and even if you don't know what you're doing in the beginning, you'll find out how to do it in the beginning. Yeah, and all experts start out, off not knowing yeah, anything. Well, yeah, so because people ask me at work because I'm a photocopy expert and printer expert. I mean, I know a lot about printers and photocopiers. And people say to me, how do you know all this stuff? I say it's wanting to learn. If you want to learn something, you'll learn it. If you're not interested, you won't. Yeah. It's attitude. And I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about that a whole nother time because I have a very strong opinion on on learning and education and all that. But for now I'm gonna get off here. It was really nice talking to you, Richard. Thank you everyone for listening, and I'll talk to you guys in the next one. All right. Thank you. All right, talk to you later, Richard. Bye.